Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we are going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm really excited today because I have this amazing writer-director, Paul Bunch, whose unique voice is rooted in broad range of experiences. While growing up in South Central Los Angeles, he attended the Hollywood Professional School, where he discovered his talent as an actor and writer and was cast in a play opposite Tatum O'Neill. Paul spent many years honing his craft. He studied acting under Howard Fine, finishing his master class, and was a member of the Groundling School of Improv for three years. Paul joined the comedy troupe Wenches and Wrenches and began to write and direct short films, winning awards and festivals around the world. Paul has worked with some of the most talented people in Hollywood, as executive producer, he's worked with Bradley Cooper, Dak Shepard, and Christian Bell. Kristen Bell, I love her, and I can't even say her name. Um, in the feature film Hit and Run, and Terrence Howard and Anita Bream in Pranksters. As a partner at River Rock Films, Paul is in charge of creative development and has adapted three best-selling novels and recently wrote and directed the action comedy Bachelor Lions with James Maslow, Mitchell Musso, and John Lovitz. He will begin work this summer on his next feature, a script he also wrote, Seven Days as a Kingpin. Paul Bunch, welcome. It's uh, I think I've known you almost forever. Which is <laughs> indeed, uh, thank you. Which is I think we met each other when we were seven, so uh, maybe something like that. Because it's yeah, feels that way. Doesn't feels it? that way. Welcome, geez, what a what a list. It, uh, yeah, we've we've worked we've worked a little. Uh, wenches and wrenches that. Uh, you and I. Uh, we, How we long did back, that run for? Like two or three years. We ran. I uh, all, as I recall, we have a string of twenty-two sold-out shows at the Hudson Theater, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a record there. Thank you. Oh very wow! Much. There you go, setting records as we speak. <laughs> How was it working with Tatum O'Neill? Uh, so Tatum was in high school with me at, at Hollywood Professional School, and as you know, uh, she was she had just come off of winning a, an Oscar for. I think little foxes or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and but she uh, she she was an interesting person even at a young age. I would imagine. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Very talented and and taught me a lot of things. Nothing to do with acting, but taught oh, me okay. a lot taught of things. Taught you a lot of things. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. So, uh, how did you decide this is what you wanted to do, um, and that you didn't want to be a bank teller or something? Well, yeah, so as early as I can remember, my mother used to call me the bubble boy. And what she meant was I was always in my head. I was making up little stories and and she would always get really upset because she couldn't get my attention. She'd have to call me three times and because I was literally creating stories in my head yeah. from the age of like six or seven. And so I started writing when I was, uh, I think, 12 is when I first <laughs> wrote – uh, and my father, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this. We, you and I, have spent a lot of time together, but we did. We've never gotten very personal, Bob. So we I'm have gonna, not. I'm going to share yeah, some on, personal. On purpose. <laughs> <laughs> don't start now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. So yes, I will share a few personal things with you today. All right. Um, so my father was a writer director. You know that, but right. he, he um, tutored me as a writer at a very young age, and. My father was a, a very strict – not in a mean way, but he forced me to hone my craft. OK. And uh, so as early as 12 or 13, I was getting notes 
on ideas that I had from a man who <laughs> who wrote professionally. Yeah. So yeah, and so I, I on everything, or is it like I like the way you play "Ring Around the Rosie," but here's some notes. <laughs> here's some notes. You're you're doing the hopscotch all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Think outside the hop. That's right. Yeah. No, so it was, it was my dad was awesome, um, but he, he wanted me to take it seriously, mainly because he he recognized there was a, a you know something there. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, uh, and so yeah, I, at Hollywood Professional School, you were required to show um, some level uh, of of talent to get into the school, mm-hmm. and so one of the play one of the things I did, I, I started in the writing track and mm-hmm. uh, wrote a, wrote a play. Um, and and ended up getting cast in my own play with Tatum O'Neill. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so that, that so was write a lot your of own fun. material, people, and cast <laughs> yourself. Indeed, and yes, and then and so did and so obviously your father was in the biz, so he encouraged that because many people cry when they their family wants to go into entertainment. That's right. That's right. Um, and I look uh, from my earliest memories, he would. Pick me up. My, my parents separated at a very young age, so my father would would travel around doing shows, and then he would just show up out of the blue, and I'd be in the front yard playing football and the, honk honk and go grab a bag, and off we go to Atlantic City in the middle of the school year. I was stage manager at fifteen for Pal Joey at the at the, <laughs> at the Claridge Hotel. I'm not kidding. Wow. Yeah, strange, strange upbringing. Um, but it it incur it constantly was uh, the type of experience that would let me get out of myself because I was hanging with a lot of older people. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, so so it allowed me to write about some of the things that I saw. So, yeah, man, it was just very, very early on I knew this is, at least as a writer, it's something I wanted to pursue. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. um, So growing up, your parents split early on. Mm -hmm. Um, Did they both have similar views around money? Very interesting. Um, <laughs> so my mother was a dancer, right? Okay. Well, tell, we are going to get so personal here. We are. So my mother was a dancer, right? My father was a writer director, and in those days, they, they before I was born, there were this vaudeville team, right? And they okay. traveled the world, the, the, the country at least, in this Winnebago filled of cost, with costumes, and they they were they were called Bonnie and Brooks, and at, at the height of their little vaudeville act, they were headliners at the Flamingo Hotel. Called Bonnie wow. and Brooks, until my mother got pregnant. All right, and uh, she stayed home. My father, at, in those days, that's what would you, you do. Dad went out and earned a living, and and I was the youngest. I am the youngest of seven kids. Wow! So okay. my mother had quite a few kids. I would imagine <laughs> at least six before you. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So she really didn't have a good grasp of financial, the world of finance. All right. right? So when they separated, my mother really had a bit of a dilemma on her hands. You know, yeah. she she had never worked. She was a dancer, and a mother. Yeah. And so, so my father also, after they split, had some financial trouble as well. And my mother had to just figure it out. Oh, Seven man. kids. Wow. And she was also she was also a really avid. Um, she a volunteer. She was very kind of socially conscious, way ahead of her time. Wow. And she decided. It was a year, two years after the Watts riots. She decides, as she takes, she takes it upon herself to integrate seven white kids into South Central, so an all black neighborhood. Wow! So when I'm one years old, I, she, my mother moves it, it, into this neighborhood. Now, I didn't know there was such such a thing as other, you know, white people until I got to high school. Literally, 
I'm not joking. I We're was the like, only ones. I was like, Mom, why do I – what is this with my skin? So, uh, yeah, and so look, it, the point – you, the question you ask is like – it was a huge issue for my mother kind of waking up one day and having to figure out wow. finances yeah. on her own. And to her credit, like I like raising seven kids on your own mm-hmm. in South Central – is quite a task. Yes, I would have given four away for adoption <laughs> at least, maybe five. Yeah, I'm sure she thought of that. I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so needless to say, she she we struggled. I mm-hmm. I, I very humble beginnings, and um, but she had this mantra, and I, this is going to be. I, I I'm just thinking of this now. It's very relevant uh, to to where I land many years later. My, my mother used to say, "There's no, there's no guy on a uh, who's coming to rescue you. There's no white knight coming. Right. That you, the only way to make your situation better is you, you got to do something really special. You got to learn something that's worth, uh, you know, someone paying you for it. Right. Um, so that, yeah, from a very early age, and, and my mother had this thing. Even though she was very liberal socially, she she had this thing about accepting help, and she 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 refused. She never took welfare." She never like food stamps. Never did any of that. Mm-hmm. So we starved basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we, the, the, all those hunger pangs made all of the seven kids go out and hustle. Yeah. Very interesting. And where and and your dad did he have any things about money other than well let's you know, get the heck out of town and uh... well his father was a he was a <laughs> rolling stone yes. if we could say um and and but no he uh he he had he struggled for a while there but then ultimately he you know he he paid child support when he could right. um but th- later on in life he he had a kind of a resurgence of of positive fortune um mm-hmm. and and started doing a lot of off broadway musicals that paid him and and I remember him you know, towards the latter end of his career building this dream house uh, for him to to kind of retire in mm-hmm. in Sierra Madre. Oh, nice. Uh, um, so yeah, he did okay at the end of his career. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And um, what would you say is the biggest uh, takeaway from growing up in the South Central? Wow. Uh, look, I'll try and stay brief there, but uh, look. We have six hours. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest takeaway I, I I think is that I ended up really with a unique perspective on um, how your day-to-day decisions will affect you short-term and long-term uh, because I had a lot of friends who made good decisions. And I saw what that meant, and I saw uh, I had a lot of good friends make really poor choices, and I saw firsthand that 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 could end tragically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was my big takeaway. I, I mean, uh, but it does. I will say that in defense of my neighborhood, and I, I still yeah. call it my neighborhood. If yeah. You will. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, I, in defense of that neighborhood, look, so many people talk about the gangs and the violence of South Central. What they don't talk about are the beautiful families you know there was right across the street from us was this elderly woman named miss grisby who was blind but she would babysit us after school you know my mother wasn't home from school yet so, so she didn't see all the bad things you did she, we, she didn't see a thing didn't we got away thing. with murder okay well, <laughs> so she was a lovely old woman no she taught us how to plant flowers I, you know what i mean there's a there's, yeah. a, there's a beautiful point in there somewhere <laughs> 
sorry. <laughs> Try, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying not to rain on your parade. No, it was. It was a beautiful. Mm-hmm. My point is, it wasn't all bad. There was a lot of really cool people down there. No, that's cool. And still are. What would you? Um, what would you say are the three smartest financial moves you've ever made? Um. Whew, uh, okay. So obviously, one is um, starting my own company. Mm-hmm. You know, NetPay. I've that's been great. the owner at NetPay for 22 years. Great. Um, I think that has to rank pretty high up there. The, the, the other one is investing in myself, all the time and energy spent going all the way back to during high – after school when the kids were playing. I, 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 I would go out and play too. I don't want to BS you here too much. But I spent endless hours learning the craft of writing. I spent mm-hmm. endless hours taking acting classes. I mm-hmm. took – Endless hours networking. So I guess the the second thing is just investing the necessary, the requisite amount of time to hone a craft. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I, the net pay thing really pays bills. But the, it, it, for me to chase my dream, mm-hmm. I needed to make myself really good at something. And right. I, I, and things don't come easily to me. Right. I you know some people are just born geniuses. That's mm-hmm. not me. I have to. It takes me a long time to get good at something. So right. I, it, was, it was an incredible amount of time to, to really hone my writing skills. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it certainly paid off. Well, it's good that we're all living longer then. So. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yes. Gives you more opportunities. It, That's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a ramp now, I understand, at the okay. Academy Awards. So wheelchairs okay. can, so can uh, have access. Have access. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Um, uh, if you think back to the happiest times in your life, which could also be currently, how um, how much and what, if any, um, role does money play? Boy, um, look, early on, I don't know if this is in keeping with the, the theme of this show, but like early on, almost none. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, in fact, I would even say – you know, we we had the 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 most fun thought. When I think of the best times of my life, it it were the times where we were the poorest, quite right. honestly. Um, and I don't know, I don't know why that is. It's just there was, I guess, the purity of like not having the responsibility of money. I suppose. Yeah. Um, and so just being young and like the, the, we didn't have money for toys. We, our idea of playing was going out into a dirt field and, and, and kicking a ball around or, right. or build, like we would find scraps of wood in an empty lot and like build like makeshift like little – we do things that with, with materials that didn't cost anything. Yeah. And I th- – well, you know, it's – I mean I would agree with that. I remember um, we didn't have a lot of money growing up mm-hmm. and so – we had to make stuff. So you made right. your costumes. That's you right. made, And there was a lot of – actually, for me, there was a lot of creativity that came out of not hmm. having money because we had to learn to be creative. We couldn't just, oh, yeah, I'll buy that or, oh, we can just go ha- – like – and then I, you, and right. I had to make it count. And then I had – and then actually I think um, because it didn't come so easy, I was a bit more appreciative and probably took care of things better That's right. than when I'm just, ah, yeah, I'll buy another one. Yeah, I just – wreck the car whatever no, I, I i agree with every bit of that it certainly makes you understand like when i finally did i think when i was 13 i finally got a christmas gift 
<laughs> no more coal. I'm exaggerating a little no bit. More coal. No more coal. No more coal. No lumps of coal. No, but I remember getting this toy that was amazing. And you're right. You understood. Oh, my God. I got to take care of this. This is really like the most special thing on earth for me. I may not get another one. Well, no, exa- I remember. I lost my, um, my, my favorite fireman umbrella when I was four years old. Like blew away in the wind because it was really windy. I was very sad because I was never going to see another fireman umbrella okay. ever. Although I'm going to go out and find one and buy one now because I, I can afford it. Um, but well, yeah, you and there there went your chance to play were, Mary Poppins. There you go, <laughs> or Freddie Poppins. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, no, something like that. Yeah. All right, let me ask you a crazy question. Right. Um, your mom had seven kids. You guys were you know just getting by. Did you ever uh, take any money out of your mom's wallet? Oh God. oh, God. Well, no, here's the funny thing. I didn't take money because you didn't have a lot of money, but mm-hmm. I did. Oh, this is so shameful. I don't think I've ever said this. Yes, there were a few quarters that were, that were pinched <laughs> out of her pocket, the little pocket, like the little coin purse. Uh-huh. Indeed. Yes, I think I, I'm almost certain there was – I think if you tallied it up, it's well clo- – over $3 worth of quarters oh, were wow. stolen from my mother. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, and that's times funny. seven kids, that's 21 bucks. Indeed. That was like a week's worth of groceries. For her. Wow. <laughs> Did you ever pay her back? No. Wow. I still owe mother $3 you, worth of quarters. Do you think she knew? Uh, You know, I don't know. I, I hope not. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um so is it um is it important to drive a nice car? And if so why? Okay, there's a story behind like so because I came from so such humble beginnings, I used to have this rule. <laughs> How many stories are embarrassing? It's terrible. I used to have this rule that I wouldn't spend more than $10,000 on a vehicle, mm-hmm. all right? Up until about 10 years ago I had that rule. Until I had, you know, I made the, my first feature film that I produced, you know, and there's, you know, Bradley Cooper, woohoo! Everyone, I was very excited about that, right? Yeah, Dax Shepard. It was Dax Shepard's film. You know, I just helped produce it. Um, but you know, for me, it was a big deal because it meant uh, I was going to be able to play with some additional people in the future. So there's this big screening, all right. And at that time, <laughs> are you no, ready for this? I'm, re- I'm already imagining. You, you probably remember we, back in the day when we were doing Winston's Ranches, I had this old beat-up Mitsubishi. And I didn't. I never washed it. I ne- I, all I did was put gas in this thing, and I treated it like shit, right? Excuse me. Yeah, you can so, say shit. Okay, great. It's okay. <laughs> and so we, here comes, this, here comes this, uh, this, this movie screening. And I was – my wife said, look, we're going – we're getting dressed up. You have to go rent a car. I'm not getting in that car to go to the screening. <laughs> so wait. That's just the oh, beginning. No. Wow. So, so I, smart woman. Yeah. I go, okay. fine. I, I've got a busy day that day, but we're going – in the evening. I'll go rent the car. We'll go. We'll be, it'll be great. So that day I'm out hustling around as I – and I get caught in traffic on the way home. It's a terrible nightmare. I'm two hours late. By the time I get home, I don't have time to go rent the car. And I, I get home and I'm like, I, we don't have time to go rent that car. I'm going to be late for the screening. Don't worry. Just get in the car. I'll park blocks away and we'll walk up. Right. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going to kill you. Look, you didn't even wash it. There's a one, the window is broken. It's like yeah. one of the windows doesn't even go all the way up. It's a mess. This is me, right? She's like, I can't believe I'm in this dress getting in your filthy car. She gets in. I'm like, will you stop complaining? It's going to be a wonderful evening. So I get off the freeway. I turn right onto Olympic. This is downtown at the theater there near the near the JW Marriott. 
So we get in, we're coming down, and I'm gonna like, I'm gonna go, I'm right into the parking lot here, right? And so there's this guy with the car, he's in the car, he's like waving traffic, and he goes, Can I see your thing? And I go, Yeah, I'm, a, and he goes, No, there's a VIP, follow me. And I'm like, No, I wanna go in there. And he tells the guy, Yeah, open it up. <laughs> and I go, No, I'm going that way. And it goes right over there, and people are honking, and I'm like, Oh God. So this, they're waving me, so I turn left and onto the street with it, and I, I'm now, there's the red carpet on the right. There's 200 press, and I'm getting steered. He's like, no, this is a producer right in front. Park his car right in front. And I'm like, no. So now, swear to God, we're pulling this all oh, the Lord. paparazzi. Here's on, walk on the red carpet. We're like this on the trip. <laughs> right here is Bradley Cooper, Dax Shepard, and my producing partner, Nate Tuck. And I'm in the car. My wife's like this. What have you done? And the broken window's like this. And we happen to stop in traffic right in line with Bradley. And they're taking Nate, for some reason, my, he turns around and he goes, hey, look, it's Bunch. And they, they look, they all three look at Alma and I, and, and we're in the beat up Mitsubishi. Abject humiliation. Oh, my God. So it, it was that event who later on, Nate said, Paul, please buy a what, car. Will you go get a vehicle that is becoming of a man who wants to be a big shot in Hollywood? So I went and got a BMW. There you go. <laughs> That's but pretty... it cost me dearly. It, it did. Yeah. But do you wish you had had it before that event or are you glad you had the event? Look, in retrospect, I think that story is worth the humiliation. Exactly. <laughs> no, but you know, it's funny. I well, it, now that you tell that story, I'm I'll, I'm going to share my car story. Please. So, I um drove out here from Tennessee with my uh, I had my red pickup truck with a big camper shell that had lights on it. Yes. You know, because I was very proud of it. I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a hick, and um, I it was my first year in L.A. And this girl at work asked if I would go to the Christmas party for the for the company. Yeah, which was down at the um, oh, it's that big hotel with the big round things downtown. The Bonaventure. Uh, the Bonaventure. Mm-hmm. It was at the Bonaventure, and um, everybody was gowns and all this stuff. And I come driving in. You know, everybody else is driving in in the Mercedes and all this stuff, and I've got my little pickup truck with big lights on it. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you what: those parking attendants, all Latino, thought my pickup truck was badass, and it got the best coverage and protection really? because they thought, "Man, this guy's got a truck with a camper shell and lights." It was the package. It was the package. Love it. I was completely humiliated, but mm-hmm. um, but still slightly proud because I'm sort of white trash from Tennessee. But I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's okay. Oh my god, that is that's too funny. Yeah. Um, now, do you um, you have children? I have one boy. Uh, just turned fifteen, Ryan. And do you talk to him about money? Wow. Okay. So. I, I'm sorry. I have a lot of stories. Is, can yeah, I? You can tell stories. Okay. We like stories. So I recently have ha- – it, it, it was required for me to sit down and have a chat with my son because he's – he's. I guess some of the genes were passed along and he's he's a bit of a um, troublemaker. Hmm. And, uh, you talk about your brother? No, my, oh. no, my well, son. No, I mean that the genes were passed down from? Oh, yes. Yeah, Clearly, I, not yeah. me. Oh, OK. I just – I'm just checking. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, but he uh, – so yeah, he's, he's a ch- – like – I asked the teacher, well, what did he do wrong? And it's like, oh, he was talking. And I'm like, it's one of, he's in one of these Catholic high schools. And oh. God bless the Catholic, the Catholic high schools. High school. um, so, yeah. yeah. And, and so I had to sit down and have a chat with him because apparently it cost him a little something as far as grades are concerned. Mm-hmm. His report card was not, you know, I'm paying a fortune for this school. You better get some decent grades, you know? Right. 
So I said to him, look, what is it going to take? What's it going to take? And I said, how about some money? I said, what if we made a deal? I was like, obviously, we maybe, maybe, and you can tell me, hopefully, if this is a good idea. But I said to him, how about for every A that you get, for the rest of your high school career, he's a freshman, right, six months in. I said, for the rest of your high school career, I will pay you. Not, I won't, You don't get a cash. I'm going to put it in some smart investment so that you, when you get out of college, you can, it'll be, but you, it'll be $1,000 for every A and $500 for every B that you get on your report cards from now until the end of high school. But you don't get it. You have to invest it in something. And he seemed to be pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. And his grades, all of a sudden, went up. Are a lot better. Oh, wow. That's great. So... I, I feel like I hope that's not like bribery on some level, but it. Well, it is, but I mean, uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, I think it, it's, um, but I think it's a, a, like I don't think it's a bad bribe. Like okay. I actually think, um, I think sometimes when kids are young, even if you're doing something that's manipulative yeah. or whatever, to get the result, because at the end of the day, they're still going to remember. Oh, when I worked hard, I got that reward. Uh-huh. So I still think they're actually learning a lesson there. Interesting. Even if they're like cheating to get the A and the B, um, <laughs> whatever it takes. To- whatever it takes. Thousand dollars. That's on the what line. I would take from that. Whatever it. Just get the A. If you have to kill six people, get the A. Yes. That's that's the important. Yeah. Well, what he's done is he's he knows there's a thousand dollars in the bank for the A, so he's paying someone two hundred dollars to do all his homework. Hey, smart. That's <laughs> yeah, smart. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Correct. Do you have a budget? Oof, me personally? Yeah. Do you know what your budget is? Do you know how much you spend for the uh, the monthly budget? Do okay, you now? Now? Now I get exposed. Oh, okay. As the fraud. The fraud. That I am. Yeah. Oh. I have no budget. Okay. I really don't. I mm-hmm. don't like. I, I the well. Here's what my budget is. Mm-hmm. The when I run out of money, I have to stop spending. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So and I well, force myself not to. I don't have credit cards. Right. Okay. I, li- I, I literally, you know, but that's not that's not. I guess the best idea either when you try and rent a vehicle. Sometimes you need a. Yeah, credit it's card. sort of hard. Yeah. Yeah. But that's no. But that's good. Um, what's um, what are what are your spending priorities though? Where what's the most important thing to spend on? Well, I mean, we. We have things that you know you, every family has. You know, you've got your house, you've mm-hmm. got your car, you've got you know your health bills, and mm-hmm. you've got the schooling for my son. Um, and then there are retirement. You know, there's a little bit of retirement money going away, and there's the five twenty nine college stuff. All the things that I think um, people have, have advised me to do in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so, and then and then what's left over? You know, I generally spend on wine. There you go. That's, that's a good choice. Indeed. It always ages well, usually. Yes, so, yes, yes. When was the last time you talked honestly with somebody other than your wife or son about money? Well, that would be Francis Fong. Um, Francis works for Royal Alliance. And as you know, because of my connections through uh, NetPay, I, I actually got to oversee some of the advice he was giving to clients. And I was like, oh, boy, maybe I should do some of that. So I did ask him, you know, would you do me a favor and just come to dinner at my house? And I said, look, I, I've been neglecting this. This is about six years ago, mm-hmm. actually a little late for me, actually. But uh, I asked him, just just take a look at what I'm doing and make some recommendations. And he suggested the 529. He bumped up. I was doing a little bit of retirement money, but he thought he, he kind of laid it out, was like, 
you're going to be eating cat food, dude. You know what I mean? Like right. there just wasn't enough money like being thrown into some sort of retirement fund. Yeah. So he prioritized it prioritized that a little bit, threw some more money in there. So that that that's that's who I lean on right now um, for that sort of stuff. What um, what advice? Knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to an 18 year old version of yourself? Financially or mm-hmm. otherwise? Either. Um, okay. Uh, let's try like again. It's it's we could. I as I made a lot of mistakes as a young man, but I, I think um, financially, what I would say is the things I, I didn't really think or care about money for until much later in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was unique in that I was. It was very easy for me to get a job. Mm-hmm. I could. I was one of those guys. I could just walk in and I could put on a tie and get a job whenever I wanted. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I I quit jobs all the time. Like if somebody, I would get a job and someone would call me on a Tuesday afternoon and go, "Hey, we're going to the beach." Okay, and I quit the job. <laughs> I, and, and, no, I'm not joking. Yeah, I believe you. So I, and so I didn't. I if I I say all the time one of the unique things about I I think I have a list of locations where I've worked longer than anyone else you've ever met. Wow. It's it's probably over a hundred or maybe a hundred and fifty. I don't remember. Jobs that I was hired to do, you know, and was paid to do, you know, more than one day and then quit quit that job. So so, so that's a lot of W twos to keep up with indeed. at the end of the year. That's all I'm thinking of, unless you're like an actor getting W two from Walt Disney and Touchstone and uh you're GP, joking, but I'm like, yeah, that's there was a lot of W twos. My sister t- was worked at H and R Block, and she would go, "You've got twelve W twos here. What the hell happened this year?" No, but then that was that happened a lot. That happened a lot. Yeah, that's too funny. Yep. Um, uh, if you died tomorrow, would you bequeath a mess? Mess. Like, do you have everything in order? Do you have a living trust? Do you have everything is like laid out? Uh, People know where to like bury the body. And uh, you know what? No, there's nothing like that. There's, you mean, is there a plan? Is there a plan? No. <laughs> Just, There's no plan, Bob. Let the other people clean it exactly. up. Well, I mean, that feels. What am I going to do? Yeah, that feels. I fair. need to make a plan. You don't have to make a plan. I mean, you won't be here. It's, it's oh, on dear them. God. Well, I'm just um, – no, it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting point. You know, I feel like I've got my life together in some other years. That is one that is sorely lacking. You're right. All right. Well, that's yeah. cool. Right. Well, I'm going to ask you one. We're getting close to the end. We're going to have to wrap here in a second, but I have one last question. Right. What is – is there any little trick or piece of advice that you do to save money currently? Well, one of them I – re- I wasn't kidding earlier when I say that I don't leave I, – I don't – I try not to use – Credit cards, right? I, I, you know, I just I, I, I use a debit card. I use cash, you know. Um, but uh, that and I try to live within my means. I really do. You know, I have a sense of. I think I've grown into a sense of the value of a dollar, and I don't. I don't like to. You know, like my friends go to Vegas all the time. It, I have to be really drunk to gamble because I don't like throwing money away. It yeah. doesn't feel. Right. I agree. Um, so I get drunk when I go to Vegas. Uh, well, that's smart because we make very good decisions when we're drunk. <laughs> I know I do. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. Um, <laughs> totally separate issue. 
<laughs> oh, that's the other. Yeah, that's the other meaning. That's the other podcast. Indeed. Uh, yes, we'll, yes. Yeah. We'll go there next. So yeah, that that's what I, I think. That's the thing. Live within your means. You know what I mean? I live in Alhambra, dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I I I could buy the big fancy house in Hollywood, but I don't. Right. So yeah, I live within my means. And where do you think you got that sense of because L.A. is all about impress, uh, dressed impress, like look at me. And so how did you stay grounded in like where do you where do you trace that to? Well, I just think the humble beginnings force you to kind of look at where you came from. And and I don't want to go back there. So you better be careful. Right. You know, um, so that and I, I see for me, money has become a means to. An end, right? You know, so I, 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 I'm projecting what I need creatively for my projects. I'm projecting how am I going to fund, you know, this, and so, so things. I need those resources to accomplish my creative goals. Right. So I think that forces me not to throw money away. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, where can people find you? Well, here with Bob. Okay, that's true. Um, <laughs> Aside from that, uh, River Rock Films, you know, we, we, uh, we just finished Bachelor of Lions, uh, which is going to be distributed. It'll be widely distributed this summer. Um, we're, we've already started working on Seven Days as a Kingpin. It's a, that, cool. That'll be my next feature film that I'm directing. Um, and there are some very special TV projects I'm working on, Ooh. one in particular with uh, someone I know very well. Uh-oh. Might mm. even be in the room. Might even be in the room. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually – I know we can't say a lot about it, but I'm pretty yeah. actually pretty excited. Dude, it's a great idea. I love yeah. it. Happy to it's be good. working with you. Yeah. Bob, if I, did, I want to say on the air that Bob's one of my favorite people on earth. <laughs> All right. I'll send you the money. I'll send you the money. <laughs> no, I love um, you, man. Love you, No, bro. I appreciate it. This has been great. Yeah. I Much love back. Cool. You, you've been very instrumental and helpful. So Awesome. Uh, much appreciated. So don't forget to share the laughs. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. And you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. For more stories, podcast episodes, financial tools, and upcoming seminars, be sure to visit The Money Nerve. Until next time. <laughs>